I'm glad you've joined us today on this wisdom journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through all 66 books of the Bible in this journey through God's Word. He's back in the Gospels today. Self-centered people are often masters at deceiving others. We need to be alert to such hypocrites. But more than that, we need to guard our own hearts because it's what God sees that matters most. This lesson is called The Most Famous Traitor in Scripture. During the American Revolution in the 1700s, a patriot officer had begun establishing himself as a military genius. In fact, he only tasted defeat one time. Well, in February of 1777, Congress uh, created five new major generalships and And he fully expected to be one of the five chosen. But he was passed over for a younger, healthier man. And this created uh, deep resentment in his heart. And he would have resigned had not George Washington personally pleaded with him to remain on. Well, he stayed. He went on to lead his troops brilliantly until he was seriously wounded in battle. And with that, his resentment and bitterness reached a point where he grew to secretly hate the American cause. When George Washington appointed him as the commander of West Point, this brilliant soldier decided to turn traitor. Well, his name was Benedict Arnold, and he secretly planned to give West Point over to the British. Now, it might have worked, but the British agent who delivered the details was captured en route, and the betrayal was uncovered. Well, Benedict Arnold quickly escaped on board a British ship. He fled to England, where he lived out his life, and he, he would die a crippled old man, ostracized, frankly, unloved by either country, a man who became known as the most famous traitor in American history. Let me tell you, I've never met anybody who named their son Benedict. (laughs) And just as no American would name their son Benedict, I don't think of anybody who knows the Bible uh, would ever name their son Judas. To this day, that name, Judas, carries with it the stench of betrayal, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. Benedict Arnold might have betrayed America, but Judas will betray the Messiah. Now, at this point in our chronological study through the Gospels, we're less than 24 hours away from the cross. It's during his final meal with his disciples that Jesus is going to let Judas know that he's aware of the plans for betrayal. Now, all four Gospels record this event. But we're going to focus on John's account here in chapter 13. Now, before we dive in and point fingers at this man's treason against the kingdom of heaven, we really ought to consider the challenge of Judas's biography. You see, becoming a traitor really isn't that difficult. In fact, betrayal is the twin sister of selfishness. If you're determined to come in first place, uh, to be promoted, then everybody else becomes less important than you. And whenever you're forced to choose between yourself 
and someone else, well, you're gladly, uh, you're going to lay down someone else's life for your own. You see, traitors are simply people who, who have to be first. So here in verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, one of you will betray me. By the way, none of the disciples pointed to Judas and said, we knew it. See, we we kind of picture Judas walking around with shifty eyes and a little wicked sneer on his lips. But the truth is, Judas was highly respected. In fact, so, so respected by the other disciples that they wanted him to take care of the money bag. Nobody suspected Judas of anything. And keep in mind that Judas had, by all indications, followed the Lord faithfully over these three years. You know, I I think of it this way. If Judas were in your church today, he would arrive early. He'd set up the chairs. He'd make coffee. He'd teach Sunday school. In fact, he'd probably be a deacon or on the elder board. Only Jesus knew who he was, a traitor in the making. But this revelation does raise some questions. And the first question is this. If Judas would betray Jesus, and Jesus knew it, why did Jesus choose Judas to begin with? Jesus chose the 12 very purposefully, sovereignly. In fact, over in Mark chapter 3, verse 16, it tells us that he appointed the 12. He knew whom he was calling, and he knew what each of them would do. In fact, he knew the prophet Zechariah had already foretold that the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He also knew that Peter would deny him and that he would also repent and preach the very first sermon in the new dispensation of of grace. He knew that John would be exiled to Patmos, where he would write the book of Revelation. He knew James would be the first apostle to be martyred for his faith. Jesus chose Judas, knowing exactly what Judas would do, but also knowing that his actions would fit like a puzzle piece into redemptive history. Well, here's another question that comes to mind. If Judas was chosen to fulfill prophetic scripture, did he really have any choice in the matter? Well, the answer is yes. Judas wasn't a puppet on a string. He wasn't set up by Jesus. He exercised his free will. But let me tell you, the decisions of his free will fit within God's sovereign will. And keep in mind that Jesus Christ gave Judas every opportunity in the world not to betray him. He discipled him for over three years. He washed Judas' feet in the upper room. At this last supper, he gives Judas the seat of honor. And even later in the garden, when Judas arrives to identify him with a kiss, Jesus called him friend. Well, here's another question, question number three. Why did Judas follow Jesus all this time? and then betray him. Well, in summary, Judas believed that Jesus would overthrow Rome and restore Israel as the preeminent nation. Jesus knew this all along. In fact, John's gospel account recorded all the way back in chapter 6 and verse 64 tells us that Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. Yes, to everybody else, Judas looked like, he talked like, he acted like a true disciple. In fact, don't overlook the fact that at one point, Judas had been sent out with the other disciples to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, Matthew chapter 10. 
But all this time, Jesus knew who Judas really was. This reminds me of an event when I was around 16 years of age. I worked after school on the campus of my high school, a program that reduced my tuition costs, which was a a big help to my missionary parents who sacrificed greatly to put me in that Christian school. But I wasn't a Christian myself. And as far as I was concerned, nobody knew that but God and me. Well, I was I was out there mopping the gymnasium floor when the headmaster, Mr. Garrick, walked out onto the floor toward me. Well, there had been a party over the previous weekend with drinking, and I hadn't gone to that party, but it was assumed I had. And eventually, after some investigation, the powers that be would confirm that I had not gone after all and wasn't suspended for a few days like the other students. Well, of course, that didn't change the fact that I wasn't a believer. I I kept up a fairly decent image, but my, my heart was far from God. Well, here comes Mr. Garrick. He suddenly shows up, and I can still hear his heels clicking on that gymnasium floor. He approached me where I was standing, and I quit mopping, of course. He quietly looked at me and then simply said, I know who you are. And without saying another word, he walked away. (laughs) Let me tell you, that was incredibly convicting. And God used him in a mighty way. In fact, a year later, I would give my life to Christ. Well, you can imagine how deeply convicting it was for the Lord here to quietly announce that one of the disciples would betray him and that he knew it. John tells us here in chapter 13 and verse 22, The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. Matthew's gospel account in chapter 26, verse 22, and over in Mark's gospel account, chapter 14 and verse 19, they record that the disciples all began to ask Jesus the same question, Lord, is it I? Am I the one? Well, Jesus knew it was Judas. He's probably sitting there rather red-faced and under deep conviction. He's probably looking down at his food. Remember, beloved, betrayal is the logical extension of selfishness. Frankly, we can be traitors in our own selfish way, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our ministries, in our friendships, our neighborhoods, our workplace. And and it's because we want what we want when we want it at any cost. We are going to be first. Putting a damper on our self-centeredness is really an everyday discipline. We need to surrender daily to the controlling power of the Holy Spirit as he works through the Word of God. Let's do that today. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called the most famous traitor in scripture. This is The Wisdom Journey, a production of Wisdom International. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone or tablet. On that app, you can follow along on both this Wisdom Journey and Stephen's other daily program called Wisdom for the Heart. 
You can access the library for Stephen's 37 years of Bible teaching. All of his sermons are available on that app. You can listen to each one or read Stephen's manuscript. If you ever find yourself unable to attend your own church on a Sunday morning, you can tune in and watch Stephen live. You can read the Daily Devotional, read Stephen's blog, follow our year-long Bible reading plan, and much more. In the menu along the bottom is a tab that says Bible. That gives you access to the complete text of the Bible. And when you're looking at it, if Stephen has a lesson from that section, you'll have a link right to the lesson as you read. That'll help you learn more. Look for the Wisdom International app in the App Store for your device. Join us next time on this Wisdom Journey.